Alright. Hello everybody and welcome back to Nerds of Legend uh, for our very first session zero of our new campaign led by below me, Will, our DM. I'm, as always, I'm Ben. Next to me is Joel. Next to Joel is Brendan. Then there goes Will. Uh, Brian will not be joining us on camera today. He's having technical difficulties slash other stuff. So you get his beautiful voice. But we get his beautiful dulcet yeah. tones. Yeah, the dulcet tones of Brian Ballard. So the golden timbre. Yes. Right. Uh, so he does have an excellent speaking voice. So I mean, that's it's good. So first of all, uh, just one or two announcements. Our next week's Monday's episode will be about. Uh, I believe Joel misspoke last time, but it is going to be about the bangability of Freya, aka why the hell does everybody want to want to marry her? Why does everybody try to get on top of this? Uh, uh, followed by the f the following week, we'll be talking uh, about. Legend Born by, I can't remember the author's name offhand, we'll get it later. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that Which book. Very <laughs> yes. Uh, we, sh we, we should have looked at the YA thing, and instead we're, no. we're suffering. It's Missy's pick. So. It was Missy's pick, so as expected, <laughs> we're suffering. Uh, so, with that, Will, His favorite weeks. would you like to get us started? Yes, lead uh, us into a new realm, Dungeon Master. Not a problem. This starts season three on the podcast, because I'm super excited. Because mm -hmm. all of our episodes, season one is just all of our podcast episodes. Well, Ooh, there's a stream to watch. Ooh. Oh my god, this is so much fancier. Than it's a map. There's a map. Holy yeah. shit. Ben, you, he's making you look bad. I look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I There's thought no it would be a good time. starting point for you guys to actually see. That's a drawing of when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. It's so pretty. I, <laughs> I wish I could read. Yeah, <laughs> I can't read either. That's because you only have one eye. Well, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> what it is. Uh, I just wanted to give you guys so you can kind of see the basic geography and right. the archipelago at Great and the lands of Thylea. Uh, so with that, um, Thylea is a world of myths and legends, and it all starts with Thylea herself, the great mother of all, the namesake of the Lost Isles, and the heart of the Cerulean Gulf itself. She's basically a pretty standard nature goddess. Um, she is technically a titan. Uh, her and her husband, Kentamane, the hundred-handed one, which oh my. oh my that ah okay <laughs> like i've always pictured them with like just rings of hands not being made of hands well he uh is by far the most powerful titan even more so than the earth herself uh and uh across the land you can actually find just like 
uh, pictured right there, stone hands that will rise up from the ground. Sometimes people say they move, others don't necessarily believe it. That's not fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. It's walking mm-hmm. around. No. No. And originally it was just them for quite some time, and eventually they did have uh, children, the most notable of which are Sidon, the Lord of Storms. And click, click. Ooh. Okay. It's a little bit better. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> uh. He's the lord of the oceans and all that flows within them. Uh, as you can see, he takes the form of a colossal bearded man with three eyes and car- carries a terrifying black glaive. He surveys both the land and water tirelessly, summoning storms to punish those who displease him. He is a jealous and vengeful god. And the only soft spot he seems to contain is that for his sister wife, Lutheria. Ew. Hmm. Well, now I see why. (laughs) This bitch. (laughs) Yes, Lutheria takes the form of a beautiful black-eyed woman that sleepwalks through the underworld, greeting the spirits of the dead. She carries a crystal scythe which is used to harvest the souls of those who displeased her in life. Uh, She commands her followers to live without remorse, to drink, to dance, to feast to their heart's desires, because any day could be their last. She's a good girl. And it was her who had first started uh, the native races of Thyla. The centaurs... The satyrs and sirens all originate from her, and she cares for them a great deal. Sidon eventually uh, started creating the different Cyclops races, which would be the Gigans, which had a vast empire. Uh, the Jenkins, uh, which are ten-fingered Cyclopses, which were not quite as successful. And then the more closer to mindless blems, which have only one eye and the center of their chest and no head. Hmm. Oh, hmm. yeah, my bad. I also forgot to say that Gigans are six-armed Cyclopses. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and for quite some time, it was just them, though other gods were heard of and appeared uh, such as Helios, the god of the sun. Uh, he did not receive much uh, praise during this initial reign, and alongside him there were also Lai, the goddess of dusk, uh, who's been known uh, to take a number of different forms, sometimes said to be the twin of Lutheria, though no one has ever been able to ask and get an actual answer. Uh, And also Jaina, the goddess of the crossroads, uh, who first led the settler races to Thylia. It was thanks to her that you were able to 
arrive. And uh, the settler races, the elves, humans, dwarves, basically every fantasy race you've heard of uh, will sometimes wash up on shore. Hmm. Uh, they started to try to make settlements and uh, commune with the settler races or the native races, but this was not always easy as Sidon and Lutheria both despised them deeply, so would pretty regularly wipe them out. Uh, it was a constant battle to even survive for a few years. But more people arrived and they always tried to rebuild. This, though, uh, all changed with the arrival of the Dragon Lords. Men and women on the backs of dragons came across the sea. And then once they landed, they started protecting the settler races fighting against Sidon and Lotharia where they could, and eventually founded the first actual city, which still stands to this day, Mitros. They were a symbol of hope for the people, and whenever a settlement was raised to the ground by roving centaurs or cyclopses, the dragon lords would repay the attackers in kind and assist with the rebuilding wherever they could. This went on for some time before Sidon grew quite upset. He started trying to wipe out faster than they can rebuild solely because he was upset. Some people started worshipping him as a god and he grew to like it, though with the dragon lords it all started to wane. And this is where we are now going to cut to Joel. No, oh, I start. Joel, yep. You are going to start this one, my sir. Uh, just tell me to stop when I get to the point that you want me to stop at in my story, okay. right? <laughs> yeah. Joel, as always, went extra try-hard and wrote, like, five pages of backstory. Uh, don't say it was try-hard. I could have fucking wrote 17 more pages. <laughs> if you would like I, the book that Joel's creating, yeah, you can yeah. buy it on our... <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, to read the full backstory of Seophilus, you can come check it out on our website, as seen below in the link. Um... I play Siopolis. He is a human male warlock. Um, my backstory is uh, I like it. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I like it. <laughs> I like my backstory. So, without the voice, because I'll wait till gameplay, I have lived in. It's getting first person, so can pay attention. I have lived in constant fear of attacks. My small village was on an island of the Cerulean Cult, bordering the Forgotten Sea. The days were hard then. The settler races were few and far, be far between, just beginning to collect into a series of huts that could barely be called a village. I guess today it is known as a Scorpion Island, but when I was young, it was just called home. I heard the elder call it Merwin after himself because I guess he started the village. But then I heard the centaurs that lived in the great forest called it Heartwood or Headwood, the woods. Who cares what it's called? But I'm pretty sure the wood, the word woods were in the name. <laughs> Speaking of centaurs, they were horrible back when I was growing up. 
They used to come galloping in and take all the fish we caught, yelling and shouting in this weird guttural language, and they would run in and snatch our catch, leaving only this pile of bark, mushrooms, and weird root things, and some berries. This happened for quite a while, and I had had enough since I was all of ten years old, basically a man. I decided I had to do something about it. The day came where my father had a rough day fishing, and the catch was meager. He was examining his catch... Uh, he was examining his catch on the day one of these raids took place, and grabbing a stick, I stood in front of my father's table and waved my weapon bravely. I yelled at the centaur, something that I thought was brave at the time, but in hindsight, I probably looked foolish. The centaur looked shocked and said something in that weird guttural language. I remember feeling like I was a warrior when I saw the shocked look. And everything got weird as a beautiful silver dragon landed on the beach, ridden by a man in silver dragon scale armor. He jumped off and walked towards the center of the village, smiling confidently. I remember his words clear as day because I thought, who talks like that? Even though I was secretly really impressed. <laughs> I am Xander Horath, rider of Velmetria. And what manner of mischief is being made here? I see, brave warrior, that you've faced off against thy foe, but what be the cause of your quarrel? I think I remember the dragon laughing. I explained that these centaurs were stealing our fish, and they do it all the time, and then they leave random junk lying around. I gestured to the sack that the centaur was carrying. Xander walked, walked toward the creature and touched a stone to his mouth and began to speak in guttural tones. The two gave a heated exchange with many expressions washing over the face of the centaur. Then the two burst out laughing. My brave little warrior, you are, a, you are brave yet a bit confused. He touched the stone to my lips, and this, the same one he touched to his own previously, and gestured to the centaurs, whose eyes are crinkled in mirth. I am not confused. They come and they steal our fish, and they do nothing but this stuff. The centaur burst out laughing. Little one, this is for trade. It is the food of the forest, tubers, edible berries, scented bark for seasoning, mushrooms, and various vegetables, and we have tended ourselves. We have been trading with this village for a long time. Haven't you wondered where it came from, since it's clearly not from the sea? Clearly not registering that I was able to understand this creature, and that this was the first exposure I've ever had with magic on a personal level, I considered, not really, I just thought it was from the market. It was that moment I turned to see my father, happily trade several very large fish for a bag of potatoes and some berries that I was extremely fond of. I immediately felt foolish. <laughs> but you, you sound so big and so scary. I thought that my voice trailed off in embarrassment. You thought we were raiding because of the reputation of the first races against the Centralists, right? Yes. Here we have chosen to be different. But caution and bravery are not a bad thing. Then again, neither is learning. To look, learning to look before you leap into the action. His words continued, but faded back into the guttural speech of the centaur, so I looked confused at the dragon rider. The spell only lasts a short while, but it seems you understand now. Things are not always what they seem. Now we shall see what you make of this information. Perhaps we shall meet again, young one. I did learn. I practiced with that same centaur, whose name was Borwin. I learned of the island and the creatures that lived with it. I learned of a language. I learned of the language and to read the language of their people. He told me of the great grove at the heart of the island, that into the rocks and trees were carved the most ancient of magics. I was filled with wonder when I finally beheld it with my own eyes, but never really having the aptitude for magics. I couldn't decipher it. Five years had passed, and a flight of dragons were attacking the waters with volleys of fire and lightning, targeting a colossal beast that rose out of the water. A writhing mass of tentacles and terror. Words cannot describe my fear, but stealing my courage, I realized that I was more afraid for the safety of my people, all of the people of hooved and unhooved, 
I helped to get all the village to safety, of, to the safety of the forest, and I stood on the beach alone with my father's trident in hand, and I uttered a prayer to the gods that I may die bravely and be remembered as such. And they responded, No, we have a different plan for you. It was like the world exploded into being around me. Energy surged in everything, and it was mine to manipulate and control. My body moved as if guided by another, which I later realized it was. And I drew in the eldritch energies around me and released them in a torrential volley towards the creature. My eldritch blast tore into the creature, moving great chunks of flesh from it. My trident gleaming and rippling as if powered by the very ocean which I stood, and moved like a guided missile, piercing the body of the oncoming creature. Which later I learned was a kraken and one of the Stormlord's heavy hitters. However, today it fell under a combined attack. As it fell, so did I. The power drained out of me and I collapsed onto the beach unconscious. I was awoken by a familiar face. Was that you? I opened my eyes to see Xander Horath sitting and Belmetria lying on the beach with me. It, it would appear the gods had a use for me. I attempted to rise, but could not. Xander gave me a small red vial and told me to drink it. I was able to sit up feebly. What was that? That was a gift from the Stormlord Sidon, who appears to hate everything lately and thank the Oracle we are here in time to catch the beast. She said I would be able to find the one I seek. And here you are. Valmetria shifted to give Xander access to a pouch securely strapped to his side. The attacks on the sea are becoming more and more frequent and the coast needs a protector. He opened the pouch and pulled out an egg, a dragon egg. I am looking for a new rider, protector of those living by the water, a shield of the sea. Is that a dragon egg? Dragon turtle egg, to be specific. The oracle has led me to you to be the first. I can remember the exhilaration of touching the shell, the steady vibration of magic coming through it. It seemed like forever until it's hatched. The tiny, bright-eyed turtle flopped out onto the sand. My entire wor world revolved around this creature who told me that her name was Norisus Emeritus, or Nori. She grew up fast, and her tendency to boil the water around herself scalded me so badly in the beginning. But she gave me a number of her scales to create an armor that kept me safe, immune to the heat. Guided by the Oracle, we diligently protected my homeland, slowly joined by another, by a number of other dragon turtle riders. There were five in totals. Elf Neris on Hylorian, Janaris on Gigan, the elf Meridian on Filmaris, and Bob the Dwarf on Garin. We protected the seas for more than 15 years, battling back countless monsters sent by the Stormlord and hundred-handed ones in the Titans. We stopped wars and effectively stopped all piracy in the Cerulean Gulf. Then one day, saw an island I had never seen. The Oracle urged me to investigate. Upon landing, I was met by a staggeringly beautiful woman who introduced herself to me as Versi, the Oracle, professed to have fallen in love with me through her guiding of our deeds. Her lips touched mine, and I fell into a whirlwind of bliss. Is and that you want? we're going to end that. All right. <laughs> My favorite two paragraphs follow, and I Excellent. feel like you're just being mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're just holding off on it. Yes. Building suspense. Yeah. So I could have added a lot more, but I think it's okay. That's good. So... He, that was honestly a very good uh, bit of exposition right there, but not all of it was quite as nice and peaceful always. <clears throat> no. For there was one that was prophesied to slay Lutheria, Death herself. That would and be And he me. had been locked in a heated battle 
and I'm gonna let you just kick that off. Yeah. If you wanna describe yourself and your companion. So, uh, Spiros Fostiamanti is a uh, large human uh, who rides astride his crystal dragon, uh, Phosphoria. Uh, he has been a dragon lord for some time, is one of the founding members of the Crystal Shields. The Order of the Crystal Shields. He has gone on a p- campaign of war against the forces of Lutheria, as it has, it has been, he was prophesied to do. And that's where we are now, where I'm in battle with her. So, you've been locked in this heated battle for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You're quite exhausted. But right now your heart is wrenching and all exhaustion fades from you. You see Lutheria's scythe sever the head of your dragon. No! (laughs) You see the dragon's soul being absorbed into the crystal scythe and her reflection joining the many others who have displeased her. As Lutheria looks at you and goes... Now I've taken your queen. The game's almost over. Uh, as she does that, uh, Spiros is going to launch himself out of his saddle and just, like, fly at her with his his crystal sword upraised and try to stab her through the heart. It's like, it will. it's never over until I say it's over. Your attack sinks. And you see it in her eyes as she realizes how deep it is. And she feels even her own life begin to fade. And then she raises her scythe and brings it back onto your back. Bringing it all the way through you, pulling it closer. And then as... uh, you feel your life also begin to fade as it begins to be sucked into the scythe. You see her smile and go, well, at least I'll go out with you. Like, shut up, you dumb bitch, and I'm going to twist my my sword. (laughs) (laughs) She screams. You both sit there in just this twisted embrace of blades and body. (laughs) And then you look into the scythe's reflection as it pierces you. You see your dragon crying out and weeping in the reflection. And then everything begins to fade. Um, as, As that happens, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, friend. I wasn't strong enough. Dun, dun, <laughs> and this was only the middle of the first war. The first war continued to rage on, losing two of its dragon riders, dragon lords, as they fought, and many others. Eventually, all of the dragons seemed to be wiped out. The 
Dragon Lord's lives all seem to be fading. And then after uh, they sit there and did everything they could to magically enhance their life, even as it faded, a new light opened. A new pantheon arose and started to fight for the settler races in Thylea, filling the hole that the dragon lords were rapidly leaving. These gods were... <laughs> oh, back to the stream. You're back to the stream thingy. Just an hour, an hourglass oh. icon. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, the goddess that seemed to lead the charge against Sidon and Letharia, for Letharia did not perish, as you all had just believed you'd heard. <laughs> I didn't think of a transition for this one. Uh, the goddess of Mitros was known as the Silver Queen. She's known as the most benevolent goddess uh, in all of Thylia. She's credited with the survival of the city. Uh, and she had even sacrificed herself so that the city of Mitros could still be standing. Her husband... Vulcan, the god of forge, god of the forges, uh, most commonly seen as a dwarf or a gnome uh, when he walked amongst the people. He concerns himself with the artifice and crafting. Uh, he's largely worshipped by dwarves, smiths, and wizards. And over the years, uh, this elderly and wise-looking man uh, is rumored to travel and even distribute toys and sweets to children sometimes. Then there was the god of, Pi the god of battle, Pythor. He rose and he took the centurions of uh, Mitros and he fought against the Gigans picking up the war that had left off, eventually even felling the final Gaigan king with the spear, sending all the others into hiding. Then there was Valis, the goddess of wisdom. She was essentially filling the role that her mother had left behind when she had saved everyone at Mitros. She has been known to come up with the greatest plans and help with everything possible. Then there was also Kyra, the goddess of music, who was revered as a trickster goddess of music and poetry. She was the swiftest of all of them, capable of disappearing in the blink of an eye and traveling great distances with each step. Her voice is said to be more beautiful than any musical instrument. She and them all fought and helped on the field of battle alongside the settler races. Eventually, all of the dragon lords commissioned 
their fleets of warships and they took to the sea, though. These great ships were called the Ultros, captained by Estor Alexander, one of the Dragon Lords. And into the very depths of the underworld, they descended. They eventually ascended to Ferex, the Tower of Sidon, and brought the battle to him. But none returned. The only ones who returned were the five gods. And they contained a scroll. On that scroll was the Oath of Peace. Lutheria and Sidon would allow the settler races to live and rebuild. They could retaliate, but essentially they were under what is known as an Oath of Protection. Which, in Thylia, oaths are very important. The Oath of Peace means that no uh, harm, violence can be taken against them or their servants. This one had a time limit of 500 years. Another oath that could be taken would be of protection, where you promise to protect an individual with your life if it so needed to be. There was also the oath of service, where you would swear to do whatever they'd said. Breaking any of these could result into curses some of which created some other races in Thylia. There's the curse of the harpy, and then also curse of the Medusa. Both of these could twist a person, and sometimes they would become a monster. Other times they would still retain their humanity. A curse Sidon had inflicted upon some settler races before the Oath of Peace, was the curse of the Minotaur, turning the entire town into what is now known as Minotaurs today. When the uh, oath was in place, now peace finally came to Thylia. Though there were occasional squabbles, largely the settler races were able to rebuild up into the present day, which is now 500 years later. War is beginning to crap again. Everyone can feel it. The centaurs grow more bold. Minotaurs ravage settlements. And there's even been word of Gigans being spotted after not being seen for about 500 years. The Oracle Versailles, feeling the end of this, gave a prophecy, a prophecy that heroes will rise up and save the world from apocalypse. But now we're going to cut over to the Tower of Sidon. So at Pryxis, the Tower of Sidon, in the forges. In the picture? I, I have a picture for that one, but I'm not going to share it yet. 
I feel impoverished. Where? Oh, well. Where? Show me more pictures. Just look at Utheria for a little longer. I will. Show oh, me. actually, I forgot to truly share this, and you already commented on it anyway. This is the picture of Helios. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but back to the Tower of Sidon. That's what Throughout I wear the on the entire Tundans. great tower, you can hear the constant slamming of hammers as the forge is underway. For war is imminent and weapons must be made. And that is where we will cut to our forge smith, Brendan. Sure thing. So uh, I am playing where did my character sheet go? Anyways, oh, uh, he lost himself. <laughs> no, I have it. Uh, I'm playing uh, Othmos. He is a Gigan. Um, he is one of those that was raised in secret and hiding after the race was uh, nearly exterminated. He had a unique upbringing uh, because he wanted for nothing. But there was a condition on this. He was raised in the tower, could not leave the tower, and was considered of divine importance, for it was foretold that his were the hands that would sunder the world. Uh, so he's essentially uh, the chosen smith of Sidon. He cannot leave the tower praxis, for he has been trained his entire life uh, using his divinely blessed hands to create weapons of mass destruction uh, to destroy the uh, the pretender um, pantheon of the newer races uh, to restore Saturn's glory and uh, yeah and to sunder the world so doesn't exactly get a lot of vacation time or free time for that matter um, spends all of his days training and creating uh, weapons of mass destruction. <clears throat> and um, with that at the forge, uh, currently in the process of training uh, by a, a slightly larger uh, Jankin Cyclops, uh, is the master Garzoon. <laughs> um, as he starts to train you and show you the proper forge things, you have but a minor slip-up. And then he goes, Come now! Can't you do any better? These are supposed to be the Fabled hands, and you can't even make a simple iron dagger. You would question the will of Sidon. You would question his divine timing. I am merely his vessel. Who are you to question him? I question not him, but your hands. They are still unskilled after all these years. I have been here for almost 60. Why not 60 more? Because the time is coming 
You must forge better. It is almost upon us, and yet you still cannot make anything worthwhile. If these be fated hands, this is a fated dagger. Were you to question his skill through these hands, wait but a day more, and you will weep at my skill. Ah, Be gone. Go get sustenance and come back. I cannot tire of you anymore. And he sends you on your way. <laughs> you just got sent on break. <laughs> I think I think Akmos is going to give him six middle fingers. <laughs> um, I'm sick I, of your shit. Go take your break. Yeah. <laughs> I, Arzun, upon I his ten-fingered hands, lift up his middle two ones for each hand. <laughs> I think um, I think Akmos, as, as soon as he leaves Garzan's sight, his facade of this divine superiority like immediately drops, and his shoulders just kind of slump. And I think he um, just ugh. he cries a little bit. <laughs> You're all so mean. And I just takes a look at the dagger and just tosses it out the window of the tower. I think in disgust. As you start walking through the tower, uh, heading towards what's effectively the cafeteria. Yeah, the break room. Some rooms. Or you pass by a number of rooms as the tower is quite long and large. Uh, yet in the background, ever present. You hear the standard thud of steel on steel, bronze on bronze, constantly in the background. You don't even notice it, but it does start to fade as you get further away from the forge level. And then, while passing one of the rooms, you hear just offhand your name. What do you do? It won't be the first time that I, I would have been spoken of. I think uh, Garzun isn't the only one to doubt my ability. He's not. <laughs> um, he is your biggest critic, however. That's true. <laughs> I'm feeling a little down. I'm feeling petty. I think I, uh, I think I will saunter towards my name being mentioned. Okay. As you approach, you start to overhear, uh, in just like casual conversation. Yes, it's on the way. We'll finally wipe them all out, all thanks to him, but... I just, I don't know. He seems good, but off what Garzun says, do you really think he can pull it off? A complete eradication of this war, the end of the Oath of Peace. I just, 
I'm being passed over for management. <laughs> and you, you hear the, the other voice. He He's good. And you know that. You've seen some of the things he's already created. The craftsmanship alone. But... You must remember, it is also prophesized. He will create these weapons. We need him. You need to make him happy. But he's just such a little shit. Am I Wesley Crusher? <laughs> I think you're Wesley. That's your year. Once like, he's gone, once, he, once he's made it and the war's over, we won't have any use of him. Oh, that will be fun, won't it? Hmm. <laughs> Yes, I suppose we can continue to entertain him. But... And, uh... He's just such a dick! <laughs> He's such a bullshit, I hate that guy. And he, you just kind of, like, you lean a little too far, and the door creaks. Oh no! <laughs> what do, you do? do they up. do they turn and see me? Um, you still appear to be hidden, but that was definitely loud. <laughs> like, and you hear the the discussion like, kind of cease. I think, uh, after already taking an L once this day, I think I'm just gonna like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scram, I'm gonna scram, and uh, take my bowl of gruel and cry in it. <laughs> you go in, then you you kind of like you're worried for the next like little bit. You're upset, and the thought kind of enters your head. It says you'll make the weapons that'll end it all. It doesn't say you have to work for these assholes. I'm going to uh, lean against my favorite spot in the tower, which is one of these arched windows, hundreds of feet from a precarious fall. Ooh, and just with that edge. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, I... I, I have like there's there's seagulls that are so used to me that I just kind of like let them pick at the gruel and just uh, <laughs> when do you start when do you start singing the song and the birds land in your hand about how <laughs> I just uh, did you know he's really a Disney princess yeah you're a Disney princess <laughs> you can't be a Disney princess without any hair <laughs> well it's a new day for Disney yeah right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just like, just envy the seagulls and their, and their relative freedom and lack of, of duties and importance. Um, 
yeah, the really thought the thought had never occurred to me. the The duty was always a burden. It never occurred to me that it was a mark on my uh, on the back of my head. And I think after being here for so long and rel- relatively not seeing a lot of success, I think I've had it. I think I'm fed up. I've never been outside before. I've never gotten laid. <laughs> you got six hands. You could have done some stuff. <laughs> believe me. Believe me. These are, de- <laughs> these, are, these are deft hands, 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 right? Have um, you ever done a chain gang stroke? I have. <laughs> I, I, I left that off the character sheet. No, you didn't. I'm looking at your character sheet. It is the first words. Um, it's before the name. Why would I? That's why, really weird. <laughs> the hands that jerk the world. No, um, who am I to destroy the earth before I've even enjoyed it? Huh. I think, I think I just have a paradigm shift, and it's like it's like that week where you go, I'm gonna put in my two weeks, and my whole count. If you do that, you're dead. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not gonna tell them or be like, screw you. No, but my whole demeanor is gonna change. And there's going to be someone in the hallway who I know talks shit about me, and I'm just going to give him a smile because my aspirations are elsewhere now. Quiet quitter. Yeah. <laughs> Typical millennial. <laughs> Nobody Typical wants millennial to learn Cyclops don't understand hard work. <laughs> I love that. You eventually do find your opening to enjoy the world. You sneak away. And you enjoy it. You think to yourself, Letharia would be proud. (laughs) (laughs) I can hold six beers and grab six (laughs) asses at once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I think you gotta split those up three and three. Mm-hmm. In the, Unless in you the, got another percentage you like. In the <laughs> words in the words of Jerry Seinfeld, look what you did, Caligula. You mixed the pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we're going to cut to totally blank. Cephalese. Me? Yeah, you've just had a great time and you walk out uh, onto the shore. Oh, you want me to finish my backstory? Yeah, you can finish it now. Yeah! All right. He doesn't want to role play. He wants to. I want to read it. Read I wrote this story. shit. <laughs> so I gotta do what I want. All right. So, her lips touched mine. I fell into a whirlwind of bliss until the revelry of our lives was interrupted by the messengers of the gods saying that I am called to a divine purpose to save Thylea. My lady was devastated to let me go. But such a purpose cannot be ignored. I returned to the beach for call to, to call for Norissus, but she was nowhere to found. I returned to my lady for an explanation as to her whereabouts and learned she had left long ago. Versi promised that I would be, after Versi promised that I would be saved. I asked her how long ago that was. 500 years ago. I ventured out of the worlds of a hope, in hopes of achieving this great quest with no dragon, a mere shadow of my former abilities, 
and support of my lover and patron versus the Oracle. Onward to legend, I guess. <laughs> I love that last line. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we are going to now cut back to um, Spiro, right? Spiros, yes. Spiros. Yes, Spiro um, is a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you find yourself... Uh, <coughs> your face in the dirt. Your mouth dry. Yeah. Uh, so Spiros is going to look around. Uh, I'm in the middle of a field, right? Yep, so we're in... Yeah, so, so Spiros is just going to like wake up and just go... <coughs> and the last thing he remembers is uh, plunging a sword into Lutheria's uh, heart. And he's going to look around. And he's not in a battlefield. There's nothing else around him. And he's going to look down at uh, both of his hands. And he's going to see one hand, one arm is like gray and like pallid. And then the other arm is like uh, interlocking crystal. And he's, and he's going to go, he's going to be confused. And he's going to look around and he's going to shout, Barnabas! He's gonna cast Find Familiar uh, and find for his pseudo dragon Barnabas. He's right there. Uh, do you want me to role play him or? Yeah, you can totally role play him. Go for it. And I'm gonna say, uh, "Where is my army?" Oh, Jesus! Yeah, bring this voice back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he should. He continues on. I, I, Jesus. Ah, I, you're. Oh my God. What? You're. Ah, and and like. He looks awestruck. Like you've never seen him this surprised. As he like poofed in and was just like. Ah. Where is my army, Barnabas? Uh, for, forgive me, sir. Uh, <clears throat> what happened? What? What? How? 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 What? Well, one, your arm. Well, spit it out. A little fancier. Uh huh. Your arm. I noticed the arm. And um, your uh. Let me let me double check, and then he like crawls like up to your shoulder, and then like puts puts a little paw like in front of your like mouth, and you're just like breathing. He goes, "Yep, yep." Uh, how are you doing that? How are you breathing? Oh, am I doing uh, what? Breathing. Breathing. Yeah, you you. Why would I not be breathing? I'm I'm sitting right in front of you. Um. Yet now, because you summoned me, mm -hmm. this is how it works, if you don't remember that, uh, after not having oxygen for so long. Um, so long? What do you mean? Um, well, uh, and that's when you hear, uh, like, a little boy laugh. 
my head is going to like whip around and look <laughs> and you see this this pale skinned boy of about 10 years old uh with hair that looks old and gray almost mm-hmm. and then uh, you notice one eye appears to be silver, one red, as he approaches you and goes, Well, uh, it's been about 500 years. What? Yeah. Uh, and what are you talking about? You, well, you died. Uh- I died. Do you remember that little, like, wound that was roughly, like, on your back, shoulder blade? Maybe, like, went and cut off uh, that arm right there. It's now crystal. I see. Do you, re- do you remember that? I remember that part. But why am I here now? Well, is the uh, bitch dead? No, you're not great at your job. What? I buried my sword to the hilt in her wretched heart. Mm hmm. Um, and she also buried her scythe deep into you, like pretty deep. Um, and you, you died. Before it was really done. I see. He kind of just like looks at you and is like. And that's why your buddy here is super confused. Didn't know you could do that. Because he kind of points. He's like, didn't know he was still around either. So I feel kind of bad for him. I see. Um. So your fate's still your fate, but uh, I needed you to, to do it. So a little, little bit of pickup in place. You, you, get, you get my drift? You took me from... You brought me back. Well, preserved... I see. Fix some issues because good news, good news for you, you guys technically won the war. Congratulations. He reaches for a high five. No, not there where's, yet. Where's the butt? There's, I can tell there's a butt. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of butts in the world, but yeah, yeah, this is this is one of those. Uh, so you kind of had a treaty, and all of your friends are dead. All of them. All of them. Well, okay, maybe there's a couple alive. Maybe I don't know everything. But... And who are you that knows so much? Um... 
Well, I wasn't really active when you guys were around too much. I did some stuff, but I mostly just watched because you guys were super entertaining. Uh, my name's Live. Reaches out for a handshake. Nothing goes back. <laughs> um, <you're... laughs> he definitely like looked at it and thought about it for a little bit, and then he's still like, no. <laughs> You know, I, I, I understand you're going through a lot. Mm-hmm. You probably got... You know, I love this guy so much, and I hope we're going to see him all the time. If you're not aware, mm-hmm. are you aware of the stages of grief? Because you need to go through that super quick. I know I'm very angry right now. <laughs> Good! That's a stage! There we go! It doesn't matter what order you go in. As long as you end up on acceptance at the back end. Um, Rush, air, emotional healing. Let's go. Like, let's yeah. Where is... Where is Phosphorius? Um, probably still in the scythe. If I no. had to hazard a guess. Um, then how am I alive? My soul is bound to hers. Um, well, you also didn't have crystal arms before either. Right? I'm going to look at the crystal arm again. I don't know about your dragon. I'm being honest. It's a guess. I see. But... It's... I'm not omnipotent. So what do I do now? Um, well, you're gonna fulfill your prophecy. So, here's here's some stuff to get you started, because we can only interfere so much. I'm gonna look down and realize that I'm... <laughs> I'm gonna look down and realize that I'm butt-ass naked. <laughs> it's like... Mm. And, and, like, he, he gives you, like... A bag and it's it's got armor, some weapons, um, and he's like, so, yeah, you you really like super badly. Why am I gray? Well, that's what happens when blood doesn't circulate for five hundred years, and crystals do. You know how hard it was to make this happen? You weren't actually just dead. I see. Well, nothing else for it, I guess. Yeah. So, I really, really need a favor from you. And what's that? You never tell anyone about this conversation. This never happened. You just came back. I see. And we might talk again. You maybe even act like you know me. Just, I did not do this thing. Okay? Very well. Because I owe you something if you did bring me back. Yeah, and I gave you stuff. 
not just. I feel like my life is a little bit more important than stuff, but I see your point. Well, I mean, I do too, but some people won't, and they're going to try to kill you. I see. Are you prepared for that still? Or do you need more more breathing time? I'm used to people trying to kill me. Are we going to see that guy frequently? Because I I love this, whoever this guy is talking to Ben. You'll, you'll, you'll see this kid again, I'm sure. Fucking love this guy. <laughs> Very well. I'm going to, I'm going to send you on your way. And I'm sorry. And then just disappears. You're now in a field with your pseudo dragon, and he yeah, just kind a of bag of stuff. You're gonna put on the pants. I'm going to put on the pants. Oh, God. And uh, and he's gonna like look through the the kit that he got. I don't know what what is in the bag. I'm assuming it's just traveling clothes and maybe a weapon. What's uh, in the bag? It's, it's some real basic start stuff, like. It's basically leather armor, uh, rations, yeah. and... Uh, basically, a, a paladin starter kit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it, it, it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to put on the armor and clothes. Yeah. Uh, so with that... Uh, Spiros is going to don his the clothing slash armor or whatever, and then uh, he's going to feel like a tug at his arm, and he's going to clench his hand, and a like crystal sword is going to like sprout from his hand, and he's going to look down at it. He's like, huh. And he's going to plant the sword into the ground and he's going to kneel and he's going to, uh, because he's already lived one life, so that previous oath is is over, he's going to recite his new oath. And he's going to say, my fury burns eternal, for you have been ripped from my side. I shall command the heavens, for you have been chained beyond the veil. I shall never rest to bring you back from death. I shall spend my life's blood until you fly free. I shall never know joy nor peace while you are trapped. I shall aid those of our blood to achieve our great destiny. I shall avenge our blood, for they have been done great harm. I shall reunite our blood and bone until we are whole again. Forever. And then he's gonna he's gonna stand up and he's going to uh, look at Barnabas and he's gonna say, "Let's go find the order," and start just like walking off in a direction of like he can see a road or something. I assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You- you're like, I feel like civilization's that way. He's going to, like, look you know, up. You eventually do find civilization. I'm just going to start walking until I find a road. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that is right at six. 
Uh, we had, uh, does, do we have time for Brian? Couldn't ask Brian. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have time for me? Um, I think we do. If you would like to go, or we can hold off. Uh, I can I can do a little bit now. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, for you, uh, we are going to pick up uh, on the sea. You're on your uh, original ship, and. Uh, you're currently fighting a storm. Uh, would you like to describe yourself and so on and so forth? They say that rage is a secondary emotion. That it is, in fact, fueled by other emotions. Those of my people, those of the Minotaurs, you know, differently. Rage is a primary emotion for us. It is the source of our strength, and yet it is our great and terrible curse to bear. For you see, when we, the Minotaurs, rage, and it is merely a question of when, as opposed to if, but when we rage, we take on the properties of the bull more so than we might when you see us normally in fact there are some like myself who get off remarkably lucky having minimal bull features but when rage takes us we give ourselves completely to it. and that is where I am right now. I was born a slave. I was sent off to do this work upon this ship of privateers and pirates. Found by my oath of service, born into the slave trade and also child to a god it is because of this spark of divinity that I have such strength inside me and yet I feel sometimes so for as strong as I am, I must always control these. Always bear this curse. Bear not just the curse that comes with my kind, but the curse of being a slave, being helpless to do anything but what my master did me. yearn for a yearn for something greater a chance to prove myself a chance to earn my freedom 
and a chance for my father, Pythor, the god of battle, to look down at me with favor. That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I wish I made it the opening for next week. <laughs> well, now you just get to do us meeting next yeah. week, so. <laughs> I'll send the uh, ship at current, and have I not yet proved myself or is this uh dm past that point this is you proving yourself if you would like to role play it out or you can just uh have at it because you guys with the pre-prepared stuff have got some stuff going on you and dole <laughs> these guys writing fucking essays and me just like pulling out the seat of my pants <laughs> Like it, you know, the, the bit of role play, the bit of like story craft. Well, uh, if you want to describe a theme to them, DM. Okay. How, how did I come to this moment? It is upon the sea, I am still but a slave, and I am yes, within this form. Still but a slave. Uh, in the middle of a storm, and that's when it happens. You see the shadow rise above the side of the ship. It's the sea serpent. This is never good. You all immediately begin to say your prayers. Hope to but maybe crash. But you feel in it yourself. You should fight that. I look up to this. Increase the chance of survival, at the very least. My guess. I have never prayed to you before. I have no time to pray. No one. Not even you. Or remember why we live, why we die. We were good men or bad. All that matters is that I stood against many. Valor, please, you Pythos. So grant me my request. Grant me revenge. <laughs> so good. And if you do the hell of you. <laughs> Love it. I believe I've heard Pythor called by another name before. <laughs> we're, dating, we're dating ourselves here, Joel. <laughs> are we? That's a fucking classic movie. Shut the fuck up. We are. It not. is. It is. But Ben's not laughing. Well, that's because Ben Ben's smirking, though. No. I mean, I love smirking. it. I don't oh, know okay. the. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know. I don't know the reference. I'm sorry. Is what? this Conan? It's Conan oh, the Barbarian, yeah. dude. Not. Yeah. Proceed. Proceed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We derailed. We're good. We're good. Yeah. No, I, I, I just rush at uh, the sea serpent, 
uh, using great strength that I have and just, uh, <laughs> 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 You hear its wails. You begin to fight back. It strikes out at the ship. In the chaos, you hear the screams of the other sailors. The screams of the creatures. Or the creature. And then... uh, You strike it right in its eye. It wails. And then starts to retreat, but not before knocking over the main mast of your ship. You hear a number of screams in the panic. Some people are saying the ship is sinking. Some are saying it can be saved. But you hear the wails of your captain, the man who you have an oath of servitude for, as he cries out as he is beneath the... Bannister lock thing. <laughs> Mast. Mast, thank you. I yeah. could not think of the word. <laughs> uh, what do you do? Bound by my oath of service, I rush over to where he is. I see his body lying under the mast, his leg caught. And. I do not know if I can lift this mast, but because of my oath of service, know that I can't, then he will both sink into the depths together. And so I take hold of the wood and with all of my strength, all of the power that my father has granted me by my unique heritage, I begin to lift, struggling. I lift, and more and more of my features change as I do. I am normally more bullish the farther down my body you go. Uh, With my face, mostly human. My chest and arms, mostly human. But as I take hold of this wood and as I begin to give into that rage, give into that desperate moment, my nose widens fur begins to crop up along my chest and arms my hands become thick and monstrous my horns lengthen and my mouth no longer utters what sounds like the struggles of a man but more the desperate of that of an animal. 
all in an effort to release the leg of my captain so that I may grab him and take him to safety. And finally, as I give myself completely to this singular task, I am able to lift this gigantic mast just long enough for my captain to drag his leg from under. When he does, I let it down with a crashing thud as more wood breaks under us. I grab my captain and haul him to safety. You succeed. He seemed to have mostly been pinned and not too injured, luckily. And then he immediately begins barking orders, getting everyone into places to survive this storm and hopefully come out without too much damage. At the end of it, you make it out. Upon landing for repairs, he pulls you aside and he looks at you. He goes, Boy, you did good. Real good. Hmm. I... I wouldn't have made it out with you. None of us would have. Hereby, your oath is completed. I'm... Would you like to stay on the ship? You are more than welcome. But that is up to you. I'm... Yes. You... You saved every person who came back on that ship. You drove off the serpent. You freed me. And that allowed us to make it back. It was touch or go and go, but we got there. You've more than earned your freedom in my book. If it's all right with you, I'd like to stay on the ship for a while. I'd like to learn more from you. Good, because if I needed you again, I'd have been screwed. And as he kind of reaches out his hand, and do you take it? Oh, yeah. I take it. I shake it. He goes, while you stay, I would like you to be my right hand on the ship for now. And then when you decide to leave, you are more than welcome to, my friend. Equal shares. Mox nods, and uh, he will spend the next few years learning anything that the captain or the other sailors can teach him. Uh, by this point, he has already learned 
how to be skilled with a longbow. He's already learned how to fight and survive. But during this time, he picks up many of the other smaller skills that most people would take for granted. Things like learning, you know, about society, learning about how to be a person in many ways. He even picks up uh, a useful bit of knowledge from his captain, learning how to play this game. The game of 20 steps. that out? One second. Hold up. Are you a Minotaur pirate barbarian? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I opened the wrong thing. Now! I am, That's... in fact, a Minotaur pirate barbarian. Hell yes. <laughs> I fucking love that. Very <laughs> clean. Heraclean. Oh, you went with the nice. <clears throat> the game of 20 squares. And that is a perfect intro for this and the final bit of lore. Uh, also so known as the Royal Game of Ur. Is the Royal Game. Uh, this game, it specifically can end wars. And should a divine being be part of the bet, it is magically enforced. Although you would be hard-pressed to find someone who would not follow through anyway, just for fear of curses. For you're never quite sure where divinity lies. Over the past hundred years, there have also been a number of other gods that have risen and fallen. Uh, the two most prevalent over the past hundred years are Tarsius, the blood god, a bull who has been said to slay entire villages single-handedly, wipe out armies, and just slaughter. He appeared one night slaughtered a small town just for the bloodshed. Some say he's the child of Pythor and Letharia, as both war and death is what he excels at, as carnage is his true nature. Some minotaurs even worship him, though no one is sure where he came from, and they hope he will soon leave. Another one is Proteus, the god of magic, uh, who, when questioned, will always say he is mortal. But just because he walks amongst the mortals means nothing. Yet the things he does, not even the greatest wizards of Thylia can compare. Other than that, all four of these heroes have been working very hard, making names for themselves, helping people where they can, sometimes getting a little extra gold. But each of them receive a letter. Mox receives a letter promising 
uh, to set him on the path to meet his father and perhaps even surpass him. Ophmus, how was that right? Uh, that is... Akmos, yes. Akmos. Okay, Akmos. Gotta adjust that. Heard it wrong. <laughs> uh, your letter says that you would get your chance at perhaps even greater crafts than you've already done. Or at least the funds to do so and revel as you please. All you need to do is come to this end. Uh, Cephalies, you are told that you must go here. Uh, it is of the utmost importance. From How was the I told? You received a letter. You received a letter. Right, you guys okay. can flavor it however you want. But nice. ultimately a letter. Uh, and it says, Verses uh, prophecy is coming into play, and you now must play your role. And okay. I am blanking on your characters. Spiros. Spiros. Uh, for some reason, your dragon's name is sticking out harder to me, and it's upsetting me. <laughs> well, it's because my last name is Fostiamanti, and my dragon's name is Fosforia. Okay. Uh, you receive a letter, uh, and yours is off this revelation that you've made, uh, over your time traveling. No matter where you looked, no one seemed to have any answers for your uh, order. They just mm -hmm. seemed to have disappeared. No knowledge of them whatsoever. You've searched and tried to find it, but you found nothing. This letter promises if you come here, you will be set on the path for answers. You can only assume it relates to this. Mm. Nice. And then we're going to leave it there. I love it. And that's where we'll end our session. Will, do you want to close this out? Or you want me to? Um, feel free. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, from now on, Will will be introing and uh, closing out sessions, but for now, I'm going to do it just because I enjoy announcing that stuff. But uh, we hope you enjoyed our little uh, session zero, going into our characters' motivations and introducing them to the to you guys, as well as introducing the world, and we'll get right started next week with our session, our, our first actual session where our heroes shall meet, and I'm sure shenanigans shall ensue from that point. So, uh, thank you everybody for watching, and we'll see you again on Monday.